Aussies are in love with cruising. Welcome to Your Life Choices. Cruising post-COVID has really taken off, with the UK posting a 5% increase, the US a 4%, but in Australia, cruising holidays have surged by a record 34% last year. And if you're looking for the best information on cruising, tipsfortravellers.com is absolutely the best. But don't take my word for it. Tipsfortravellers.com has become the most subscribed to and viewed cruised-focused destination in the world, with close to 400,000 subscribers and more than, wait for it, 106 million all-time views to their YouTube channel. And every month, 2 to 3 million people view the videos on that site. Gary Bembridge is the man behind tipsfortravellers.com and joins us today from his home base in London. Gary, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Welcome. Great. Thank you very much. It's great to be on. Gary, there are so many things I want to talk to you about, but let's go back to the beginning. How did tipsfortravellers.com come to be? Uh, it started as a hobby. I used to have a kind of a global marketing job. So I was traveling all around the world and I was a bit of a geek. So I always wanted to experiment with podcasting and YouTube and stuff was at the start, it kind of had started. So when I was traveling around, I, I would always make sure I was going to visit places, see places. So I'd be really prepared before I went. Um, and then I thought, well, I've got this content. Podcasting's coming along. YouTube's coming along. I'll try and post some stuff there. So I just started posting um, in the very early days. And then I got into cruising uh, and I started posting more stuff on cruising. And that really resonated with people. So that's how it started, literally as a hobby, experimenting, playing around. And now, it's, as, you, as you mentioned, the setup, it's become like a massive phenomenon. It's, and I do it full time now since I've retired kind of from corporate life. I now literally do make cruising content full time. Gary, you cruise around 10 times per year and 99% of your trips are self-funded. Now, that's very important because all the videos, experiences and reports you have are unbiased. You're not beholden to any cruise company. Uh, you call it as you see it. And I'm sure that many cruise companies have said, Gary, we'll give you an upgrade, but you will say something nice, won't you? Because my channel's so big, I get invited a lot by cruise lines. I think in the last year, like 11 times. And as you say, I always say no to this because I made a decision sort of back, you know, about 2019 or so, that I would only pay for my own trips. And the advantage is because my channel become big enough, I could sort of make that decision. And it was, you know, because even though cruise lines don't necessarily ask you to say something, and obviously they're sending people on free trips or whatever in the the idea that they're going to get some positive kind of comments or whatever. So now I made a decision that, you know, my, my sort of um, boss, if you like, would be the viewers. I think also that's why I do believe why my channel really accelerated. I mean, it really grew. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, cruising became more popular, but I feel like my channel grew, you know, people are quite astute. And I think they pick up on independence and honesty and that kind of stuff. So I, I think that's I think it's a very important part of what I do. And literally the only trips I ever go on uh, that I don't pay for are shakedown cruises. Is you know, most of the in fact, all the cruise ships are built in Europe. And when ships come out of the, the shipbuilding, they'll do some shakedown cruises, you know, test things out. So they'll get lots of media, lots of travel agents on. So those I will go on because, you, you know, it's not real passengers anyway. So you're not going to do a review of the ship, but it's great for seeing new ships, getting footage of new ships. And that's literally the only kind of uh, non kind of the only trip I don't, you know, I, I go that I'm invited on. It's sort of like a, a soft opening for a brand new hotel, isn't it? 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I was so keen to speak to you was I, I am taking a long cruise uh, from Southampton to Sydney next year and uh, I was concerned that my, my work, which is announcing and, and all the rest of it, that I wouldn't have... Uh, Good internet, and uh, you may or may not recall I asked you about uh, the Queen Victoria and uh, what their internet facilities were, and you gave me some sage advice regarding their Starlink, etc. But uh, you just contacted me so quickly, and I was like, "Wow, this, you know, it, it's wonderful to have that uh, that one-on-one." And you do give lots of tips uh, directly to people when they do contact you. Um, now, first of all, on the front page of your current website, it's got cruising scams at home. Could you expand on that, please? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've seen in um, kind of an explosion of recently, and I guess as as social media and stuff has grown, is you know the growth of kind of scams and, and stuff. And I think it even accelerated probably during shutdown when people were kind of at home and you know engaged in social media and stuff. Sure. So it, it actually, it, it, it's, it was sort of religiously triggered by. Uh, we went on. Um, we actually met up with some friends who live actually in Sydney. We met up with them in in Miami, and we went on this sort of boat trip. Uh, you know, those viewing homes of the rich and famous kind of stuff. And my friend got very excited because she, you know, they had a, a draw on board where you could win supposedly a free cruise, and she was all very excited by that. But actually, what it was, it was kind of one of those scams where they get you to then go to a timeshare. Um, oh, yeah. So that was the thing that triggered it. And then second thing that triggered it, which I talk about in, in the video and the article, was I got contacted by a lady who was based out in the Philippines who had been scammed by somebody who was using cold photographs from my website and social media and was pretending to be an, an engineer on board one of the celebrity ships, one that I'd been on not that long ago. She hadn't got quite taken down where he was asking for money, but that was kind of the next phase. And it was her, her one of her sisters had, had asked, had suggested she go and investigate this guy a bit more. Mm. So that kind of, and I want to realize there was lots of things happening before uh, people even left home. There's lots of, you know, um, scams at the moment where you get sent emails, whether it's from airlines or cruise lines saying, do the survey feedback and you can win a cruise or whatever. And they're actually scams because ultimately you end up paying money or they get your social security number or whatever. So, uh, you know, those two things got me thinking about that. So that's why I wrote that. And, uh, and what was scary is the more I investigated, the more kind of I came across with particularly that fake, uh, you know, people pretending to be capt- captains of the big thing. Oh. And there was one in the video where this one guy is, is, is estimated to have probably scammed at least, you know, 200,000 US dollars out of various women um, looking for love and kind of stuff. So that was what that one was about, really. So it was sort of, it was sort of tongue in cheek a little bit, but it's, it's kind of, it's scary because a lot of people are being kind of taken in by those things. Gary, it's very hard in this uh, short time we have to cover all of the different kinds of cruises that, that you cover. And that's why I recommended people go to tipsfortravelers.com to, to, to see everything that's there. Because, I mean, you've got so many videos ranging from from that to that, from the high end to the not so high end. Um, tell me what kind of advice you'd give to somebody, first of all, who hasn't been on a cruise but would like to experience it. The great thing about cruising is there is literally a cruise and a cruise line for everybody. And I think the most important thing if you want to go on a cruise is to bear in mind a cruise is not a cruise. They're not all the same. And it's very important to think about what's really important to them. So, you know, do they like dressing up? Do they want 
enrichment? Do they want fine food? Do they want a casual, you know, casual dress code? Do they want lots of crazy fun activities, you know, roller coasters or whatever? So redefining what it is they want from a vacation, let alone a cruise, and then uh, looking for the right cruise line. And what I always recommend to people, particularly for their first time, is, is obviously do lots of research. So, you know, tips of travelers or other other sites, because there's so much stuff you can see, but actually work with a travel agent, someone who is who knows cruising really well, because if you get on the right cruise line in the right ship, in the right cabin, on the right itinerary, you know, you will have an amazing time. But the mistake people make is they often think, I want to go on a cruise. What's the cheapest I can do? Or what's can I get within my budget? And they kind of jump on something. So, you know, I've, I've been on cruises a bit like you, you know, I did a cruise once from Sydney back to Southampton. And it was actually on Cunard, which you're going on. And lots of Aussies had got on board and they were having a terrible time because they realized that Cunard at that time was very formal. So it was tuxedos and they didn't want to do that. They wanted to, you know, wear jeans and <laughs> that's Aussies. shorts. That's Aussies for you, mate. <laughs> and, and the problem is they, because they hadn't really investigated probably, they got a great deal and they jumped on this cruise line. They're having a miserable time. Whereas if they'd gone on Carnival or Caribbean, they would have had a fantastic time. So that's, you know, it's really important about defining what it is and, and then, making sure that you're getting on the right cruise line. Uh, and a travel agent is is quite important, particularly if you're new to cruising. And, and Gary, I, I notice, uh, I find your YouTube channel quite addictive and I'm, I watch a lot of them. <laughs> uh, quite often when you, you, you go on a cruise ship, um, the price you paid for the cabin is not necessarily the amount of money you're going to come home with, especially if you, if you care, like, I'm like you, I don't drink, so that's okay. But there are other things that you don't realise you have to pay for. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point because a lot of people, you know, cruising has this image or reputation of being all inclusive, but it's most cruise lines aren't. So a lot of people get surprised because you're right, you'll pay between fifty percent and hundred percent of what you've paid to get on the ship once you're on the ship, and that's where cruise lines make a lot of their profit is with onboard ex- expenditure. So you're right, most cruise lines won't include drink, they won't include specialty dining, which has become really popular. So obviously, all your you can eat without paying extra, but special dining has become a, you know, a really big thing. Gratuities, which I know particularly for Australian, uh, is quite quite a, a shock. But if you know if you're setting out of Australia, they don't add on gratuities. But in most other parts of the world, mm. you'll find a gratuity is added. And excursions, which can be very costly as well. It's interesting that you know more a lot of lines are shifting a little bit more all inclusive. So the thing to look at is a lot of lines now will give you a, a base fare. So if you take Celebrity or Holland America. Uh, or princess, those sort of lines, or even Norwegian, they will give you a base fare, which is the cruise only, but you then have an option to buy, it might be called have it all or something where you can bolt all those things on. So at least before you go, you've covered most of those costs. Sorry, the one I forgot to mention, which is the one you mentioned earlier, is Wi-Fi. Is uh, A lot of people also, uh, particularly younger travelers, get quite surprised when you know, they're just so used to having free Wi-Fi, you know, in the Starbucks or whatever, and you get free Wi-Fi. Most cruise lines will charge extra for Wi-Fi, and it is quite expensive. We'll see as Starlink rolls out whether that improves or not. I don't know if it will improve. So you're right. You need to make sure you understand when you go on a cruise line, what is and isn't included because every line is slightly different. Let's go from the very top. What is the most expensive cruise line to go on and what is the least expensive, generally speaking, Gary? Generally speaking, so the most expensive cruise lines that you can go on are what they call the ultra-luxury so that would include lines like Region Seven Seas, Ritz Carlton Yachts, and now um, Crystal, which is which went bankrupt but has now come back. Seaborn, Silver Sea, those are all the most expensive. So you you know even for an entry line cabin, you know in terms of 
I'm not sure whether it will be in Aussie uh, dollars, but you know, you're going to be paying maybe between five and a thousand, five hundred and a thousand dollars a night uh, to go on those. Those are the most expensive. The most affordable lines, you know, again, it depends what cabin you go in, but the most affordable lines are Carnival, MSC Cruises, uh, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian, uh, where you can go, you know, for, uh, you know, depending on where you are. But if you go to the Caribbean, you can be paying if in an inside cabin as little as seventy to one hundred dollars per person per night, which is going to include your cabin, your food, you know that, uh, you know, you know uh, your entertainment and stuff. So those are the, almost the two extremes. If you go river cruising, that is very expensive, no matter which line you go on. But ocean cruising, those are the, those are the extremes. You know, one extreme you sort of go Ritz Carlton, Regent Seven Sea, or you go Carnival MSC. Those are your two extremes. The uh, ship that I've chosen is, is a Cunard and Queen Elizabeth, uh, as, as meant, or Queen Victoria, correction, um, which is what I'm taking, because I am not into those massive ships that have got, uh, you know, slippery slides and, and everything else. And I, I, it, um, it sort of, I mean, I'm 72, so I'm old school. I really like the liner type of ship. What do you find happens, because you've done the extreme Gary, from the very expensive to those uh, Disneyland's on water, uh, what are they like? <laughs> the, the, the 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 massive yeah. um, resort, the, anything they're of the very- sea, anything <laughs> of the sea. I found. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I mean they're they're very loud. Uh, they're very busy because I mean part of the model is packing people in like crazy. So uh, you know they're very loud. They're very boisterous. Um, you know if if you want to go and you know just have a rowdy party time. I mean, they're fantastic. I, I actually just the cruise before the one I was on, I was on MSC, which is, you know, 6,300 people, 1,000. Wow. 1,000 something kids. Oh, it's like oh, Lord. so noisy and boisterous. But I mean, people, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, you're looking for a vacation, which is something going on all the time. It's parties whenever you want to. There's a water slide if you want to do it. You know, it's great uh, if, if you're that kind of person. For me, I'm a bit like you. I I want a bit more kind of quiet and, um, you know, a bit of calmness and some enrichment and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But they are pretty crazy. But, I mean, they're also kind of mind-boggling, some of those big ships, you know, particularly the Royal Caribbean ships where you've got ice rinks, uh, you know, massive big water shows, (laughs) uh, flow riders, uh, you know. um, How did you go on the flow rider, Gary? I... (laughs) I didn't. I was so bad at it. I thought oh, I you did go. Mediocre. Oh, good on you. Yeah, I did. I thought I would be mediocre, but I was so bad. Please tell um, me that's on a video. Know, no, thank goodness. <laughs> it probably, it probably, it probably should be, but no, I was so. I, I thought it can't be that difficult, but I discovered it's really. I was really, really bad at it. Like really, seriously bad. <laughs> are there? I haven't looked for them, but uh, do you have any videos on river cruising? Because that's very, very popular for us Aussies. We we like to go over yeah, and uh, yeah. And it's, it's it's interesting actually because whenever I've been on river cruises, there's always a very big contingent of of, of, of Aussies, particularly you know, doing the sort of the four week or whatever uh, around Europe. You know, they'll maybe do an ocean cruise, a river cruise. So it's definitely very popular. Uh, yes, I have. I've done river cruising in in Europe on the Nile, also in the Mekong. You know, river cruising is it's it's very interesting because river cruising. A lot of people who enjoy ocean cruising get a little bit thrown with river cruising because river cruising is much more like going on an escorted kind of bus tour, if, if you like. You know, it's because it's, it's much more, you know, ocean cruising is, you know, it's, it, you do your own thing. There's lots of choice. Whereas river cruising is much more kind of regimented just because of the nature of the way it is. Um, you know, it's much more costly as well. But the day is much more regimented. So it's great. You know, I find it really good, like 
you know, when I went to the to recently to the Nile, it was fantastic because uh, you know, I'm a little bit worried about, you know, the eating and, and security and stuff. So actually being very regimented was good because there was someone with you all the time. They they knew exactly which sites you went to, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. You know, you were eating on the ship, so we were kind of. I was less stressed about getting the famous Egyptian tummy or whatever. Yeah. So I would say to people in, in Europe, if you want in a week, you want to see a lot, very intensively, um, and you, you, you're comfortable with a more regimented way of seeing things, then it's great. If you're the sort of independent traveler where actually I want to go and do my own thing, I want to wander off and explore myself, it's probably less good because most of those river cruises, you know, they're bundle excursions in. So if you do go off and wander by yourself, you're effectively paying for excursion you're not using. So it's, you have to say like from a value perspective, it's it's not great. But ocean cruising is, um, and it's very sociable. So if you're the sort of person that wants to just hide in a quiet corner by yourself, river cruising is terrible. If you're a sociable person, it's great. We have an audience that is uh, 55 plus on Your Life Choices, some 270,000 of them. God bless them all. Uh, so safety and health is a big factor for them uh, can you give us some tips on on where where we're at as far as uh, health on board ships well i mean obviously it's uh i mean in terms of the whole kind of covid side we talk about the covid side first of all i mean pretty much all the cruise lines with a few exceptions on depending on where they're going you know have in line with all the government regulations dropped things now like vaccine requirements COVID tests before you go. So that's kind of gone. But it's still, you know, as it is anywhere else in the world today, you know, you still need to be kind of relatively cautious. So masks and all that kind of stuff have gone. There seems to be, as I guess out in the wider world, there seems to be relatively limited amounts of COVID, you know, on board. I'm not seeing big reports of, you know, ships suffering from kind of COVID outbreaks or stuff. There are, you know, the odd person here and there coming back saying, well, I've got COVID probably in reflection with what's happening happening on, on land. Yeah. What was happening kind of post-shutdown with, you know, you had to be vaccinated. I think pretty much every line has dropped that. Um, some some lines, if you're going on longer, more, like if you're going down to Antarctica, I've seen a couple of lines still sort of doing some COVID testing before because you're going somewhere very remote. Sure. You know, they want that extra layer of, of protection. But, you know, generally speaking, all of those have, have gone. Um, they still which cruise lines were sort of doing pre-pandemic, but really tighten up on it. You know, there's still a lot of emphasis on hand washing and gel, because obviously the other key risk with, with any kind of, um, where you've got lots of people together is norovirus. Norovirus, yeah. Uh, so so that is, you know, so you'll find on ships, you know, most will, will keep stressing, use hand gel before you go into dining rooms, you know, use hand gel, et cetera. Um, and that's what I always say, is like for me, the one to watch out for is always just be, you know, obsessive about washing hands and hand gel that, that's one thing i always do so i you know touch wood have always been lucky i've been on and i've been on ships that have ever had some cases of norovirus i've managed to avoid it because i am obsessive about you know that that and so i mean i haven't seen i mean a lot of people i know are still spooked about the whole covid on ships and stuff but i haven't seen that as it doesn't seem to be a, a key issue as it was even back in you know sort of last season alaska was still it was still kind of a challenge but that seems this season doesn't seem to be an issue Gary, I noticed one of your YouTube uh, presentations was uh, on insurance or looking after what things you should do. And uh, apart from having to buy Starlink, <laughs> one of the other big uh, moments for me is when I take out my travel insurance and especially for us 70 pluses. What are your basic rules when it comes to having travel insurance for us 55, 60 pluses? 
I think the, the critical thing with travel insurance is obviously have it. The second thing that's very, very important is to check that your travel insurance has cruise cover. Because, you know, if one of the obviously key costs is if you do fall ill uh, or you have some issue, you know, you break your arm or something, God forbid, ships are designed, the medical centers on ships are designed to kind of maintain you, if, if that's the right word. And so, you know, if you ever have to say get medivac off a ship, that's a very expensive cost. If this, for some reason you have something where the ship says actually you need to then be disembarked and put into hospital, you know, you could be, I don't know, in Rio de Janeiro or whatever, far away from home. You know, the, you need to make sure that if you've got cruise cover, it will cover th- cover those things like uh, medivacs, uh, being disembarked from a ship. So, uh, and not all insurance covers that. So it's always very important to check uh, does it have cruise cover now. Certainly in the UK, you'll find when you when I go for insurance, I'll often ask that question. And I don't know what the situation in Australia would be, but always interrogate that, and particularly going somewhere uh, really far afield. What I always recommend to people is take out insurance when you book the trip, because you'll find in most cases, you know, there are cruise lines generally have, depending on most cruise lines, it's non-refundable deposit, for example. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the situation in Australia is, but certainly in the UK, you know, you always book with a non-refundable deposit. It's not an option to have a refundable deposit. And then after sort of 90, once you paid your final balance, you can lose a big chunk of your uh, your your fare if you cancel. Mm. So take it out when you book so that if you, you know, you can't go or you fall ill or whatever, you can claim from insurance. That's That's very, very important. The other thing which is important, just to come back to the COVID thing, is uh, after shutdown, cruise lines would uh, reimburse people if they did get COVID on board or had to be disembarked or whatever because they got COVID. Pretty much no cruise line does that now. So you have to claim that back from insurance. It's, so, And the other advantage of having the cruise cover is if, is if you miss ports, for example, cruise lines won't always give you any compensation because you'll find in their terms and conditions that says we have if we have to change uh, itineraries because and the support because of weather. Yeah, yeah. You know, they might give you a little bit of onboard credit or something, but many insurance policies, if you've got cruise cover, you can actually claim for missed ports, for example. So so those would be my kind of key tips. Make sure you've got insurance when you book your trip in case anything changes and make sure it's got cruise cover. Those would be the two the two most critical things. Gary, before we leave you, and thank you for giving up uh, half an hour of your time in, in London. That's really been fantastic. Our producer, Ian Mack, who, uh, like me, loves the sea, uh, but he would like to go on one of those, um, back in the old days, we might say a tramp steamer, but uh, a, 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 a non-passenger-carrying boat, not, not one of the, the mainstream boats. Do you have any tips on taking a, a freighter? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they I, I haven't actually investigated since the end of shutdown, but before kind of shutdown, it was possible. And there were a couple of sites online, you know, if just Google cruising on a freighter, you'll find quite a lot of sites and tips and things where you can actually find those. Um, the key thing is what they do is they, they will normally take fewer than 12 or fewer pa- passengers. And the reason for that is under maritime law, if you're carrying more than 12 passengers, you have to have a medical center and a doctor on board. Ah. So that's the first thing is they do, they, they go, you, you'll be 12 or fewer. Uh, and you also have to accept if you go on those that, although you will be calling on ports, uh, it's all d- designed around the, the f- removal of freight. So you may or may not get lots of time or a little bit of time in port. So you can't plan as you would go on a normal cruise. Before the shutdown, I was looking at doing one of those, and I just haven't got around to doing it. One of the other alternatives, which is like a midway thing, which I'm very intrigued in, is 
there's a cruise line in, in French Polynesia, which is called Aranui, and it's 50% cruise ship, 50% freighter. And they are the supply ship for the Marquez Islands. And so they, you know, they sell, I think it's a 10-day itinerary constantly throughout the year. So you have the plus of two things. You've sort of got a nice cabin and uh, some of the facilities, but you're still sort of having a slightly freighter experience. So that's that's sort of a, 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 a sort of a more luxurious way of doing it. So it sort of go around Bora Bora and those sorts of places. Yeah, so it goes to Bora Bora. It goes right out to the, some islands, which literally the only where they get their goods and services, you know, their goods and products is on Aranui. Uh, I actually saw the ship up close last week when I was in French Polynesia. And it, it actually is a really nice looking ship and some friends of mine have been on. So that's a like, that's oh, the way. I, just, I love the way things. you just sort of pass by that. Oh, last week when I was in French Polynesia. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Did you ever think that the young man in Rhodesia would ever end up uh, a world superstar when it comes to travelling? Well, no, I mean, but ever since I was small, I was obsessed with traveling and stuff. So I'm not surprised that I'm doing something kind of travel in, in the end. But yes, I hadn't really expected it would uh, it would be quite like it's turned out to be. No. Gary, we could talk for hours, but all I can do is uh, suggest and recommend people go to Tips for Travelers, one word, tipsfortravelers.com. You'll see Gary's happy, smiling face there with a thumb up and his T-shirt on. It's Tips for Travelers, incredible cruise experiences made easy. Go and have a look there. You'll also get a feed through to his YouTube channel. As I say, some over 106 million, hundred and six million views of all your... I mean, you must be absolutely astounded by how it's taken off, Gary. It's just extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is extraordinary. It is and uh, once you start looking at them, you'll be as addicted as I am. Gary, thank you so much. I hope we get to speak again sometime. And, and nothing but safe travels to you, my friend. Great, yes, and have a great time on Queen Victoria. Well, I hope you did enjoy our visit with Gary Bembridge and I do recommend tipsfortravellers.com. It's absolutely a superb place. Whether you're new to cruising or you're a professional, it certainly is wonderful. Ah, it's got my travel blood boiling. And until next time, this is John Deek saying thank you for joining us here on Your Life Choices. We'll see you next time. <laughs>